So, you really want to know what women do, say and think the way that we do, huh? Well, fasten your seatbelts and let's get... She said what? Started with your host, Alan Newman Jr. Let you know how's everybody doing. Good evening, happy Wednesday. Of course, you know it's your host Alan here for she said what, and I'm looking forward to the talk that we have today. As you all know, you can interact with us if you want to call in. You can dial five one five six zero two ninety six forty seven and press the number one. If you are a business owner or entrepreneur and you're looking for the right network to air your services. Please send your inquiry to us at ads at he said what network.com. Now, what you've been waiting for all week, I have my lovely guest, Stephanie Chosen, who is on here with us today. How are you doing, Stephanie? Good evening. Awesome, awesome. And for today's show, we are talking about women's views on accountability. Now, you know. Stephanie, especially in today's climate, it seems like whenever men are being told they have to be accountable, then fingers are being pointed about are women being held to the same standard or are they being accountable. So I'm looking forward to hearing your input today on the show. Once again, viewers, you can call in um, once again at 515-602-9647. But how are you doing today, Stephanie, before we get this show on the road? I'm awesome and honored to be here, so thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. I'm honored for you actually taking time out of your busy schedule to be my guest today. Um, and then let's let's get into it. So when it comes to accountability, Stephanie, um, do you believe women allow themselves to be held accountable? Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do for the simple fact that um, it's not <laughs> sometimes uh, from different uh, comments that I've, I've heard or dealt with from a variety of people. Um, it all depends mm-hmm. on their views or thinking that they're right or, or indifferent or whatever the case may be, and more so talking to get a point across or something versus being able to share all of that for understanding versus just getting a point across. Okay, okay. Um so for you, Stephanie, when you hear the word accountability, what comes to mind for you when it's as being accountable as a woman, especially in today's society where you're seeing roles are tending to be either they're evening out or they're in a way being um, not reversed, but yes, roles are kind of being reversed. So for you personally, how do you look at accountability as far as being a woman in today's society? Well, two things when I think about um, accountability as far as um, that, as far as me personally as a woman, first of all, I would I always think about honest um, and hard conversations with yourself. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a huge portion of accountability because we do want to hold other people accountable and sometimes forget to look in the mirror first. So my thing about being effectively accountable is making sure you're always looking in first and making sure that 
your accountability is effective, and that means you have to be brutally honest with you about who you are and honest enough to say where your weaknesses are, but having the courage enough to be able to change. Okay, okay. I can rock with that. So have you always held yourself to that level of accountability, or did it change over time? Did you kind of figure out um, as you went about life on getting yourself that way, or have you just always been that person that you've always held yourself to that standard of accountability? No, it was something I grew into over time, um, a lot of times, because I had some traumatic things happen at very early ages, so it caused a kind of reverse and diverse way of having kind of a victim mentality. So I also know what it's like to go from a victim mentality to a victor mentality. So it was more so about unlearning a lot of stuff. So I wasn't always this accountable because my perception and my perspective was different. When the mind changed, then everything else about me and my effectiveness with accountability grew drastically. Okay, okay. And speaking of, uh, because I know you said some things um, that affect your earlier stage of life, um, when we look at accountability and then we kind of look at how for men and women unpacking and dealing with the trauma that we dealt with as children, do you feel like childhood trauma affects women differently from the way it uh, would affect men? Because I know for men, um, we tend to, for some of us, not open up as easily or to have a guarded perspective with our life um, because of childhood traumas. But do you feel like women kind of maneuver it differently than men do? And if so, like how, how would you say the difference would be? What I've learned in, in all of my experience and even having counseled both men and women before, what I've learned is hurt is hurt. So I haven't, with the stories I've witnessed even this past year with men and women, hurt is hurt. So whether my trauma was just because I'm a woman or yours was, you could have went through the same exact thing, but you're a man. But some of the same effects are results of that. Some childhood trauma, both in men and women, causes promiscuity. That's a man. That's a woman. Um, other parts of it leads people to, whether it be opioid addictions or other, like, real drug addictions and different things like that. So the way that hurt comes out and it's displayed, that's what I look at. Because if you look at that, the fact that we're human beings, there's still different natures, but the pain is still pain. We don't bleed differently. You know what I mean? No, no, I get you, I get you completely. Um, and I actually, I actually like that introspect on it because I think sometimes we – we forget that even though our trauma may be different in some shape or fashion, we tend to handle it or deal with it the same way. And I know sometimes some men feel like, no, I don't think they deal with their trauma the same way we do. Um, And some women feel like, well, I don't think men um, deal with our trauma the same way that we do. And then sometimes you actually do. It just depends on the person. You just deal with it a different way. But nine times out of ten, it tends to be the same way you handle it. Um, just based on your perspective on it. So I, I actually appreciate that input. Um, and I just want to let our guests know as well, um, if you are listening to us live on our He Said What Radio Network website, if you have any questions or interjections, you can actually type that in as well if you do not want to call in um, to give your take on what we're talking about. 
Um, so still in, in regards to unpacking how we handle um, trauma, um, why do – I want to make sure I'm kind of wording this right, Stephanie. Why do some women hold their significant others accountable for the past traumas they experienced in previous relationships? Um, I know this has happened to me uh, personally. I know I've had a lot of um, friends of mine who talk about, hey, this person dealt with this trauma. I tried everything to make them feel comfortable. I tried to let them know that I'm here for them, um, that I'm not taking it personal. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, biggest challenge has been, well, she, she's treating me like I'm the one that did this to her and I'm not the one. Um, is, is there, because I know men do it as well, but I do feel like I have a lot of men that say they feel like they catch the blunt of it probably more so than um, women do, which I think that could mm-hmm. be flawed. Um, but why is it do you think, or even if it's happened to you, do you believe women tend to hold their significant other they're currently with accountable to the traumas that they dealt with in previous relationships or just in life in general? So I do agree with that um, both ways. From a woman's perspective, um, as far as men, uh, the difference that I see is that the way it comes out um, and the way some men were raised were to boys don't cry and, you know, to bottle that up. So, the way that people begin to move after being hurt or hold their significant other accountable um, has a lot to do with them not forgiving themselves. They didn't take the time off. And I have a focus group uh, for my book about, you know, becoming the promise that you want to, you see, that you want, that you want in your life. And a lot of times, whether it be male or female, instead of unpacking things and taking time off in their singleness, to heal, to get to know what they're feeling at, to get to know and be honest, like I said in the beginning, having those hard conversations. So a lot of time, if if a woman is forced to be the strong woman or she's a single mom or she's forced to be in a man's role, you know, um, a lot of times that, that pain, she just continues to go. So then it's not any more of just her being a woman and trying to just, keep moving forward, it's now having to play different roles. So a lot of times when you're talking about that accountability for past relationships, it has to do with what they haven't dealt with within themselves. So if I'm not taking time off to deal with me, to deal with Stephanie, how can I be any better? And I had a recent situation where uh, I've been telling um, one of my focus groups uh, that, you know, what's good for you in sickness is not always good for you in health. And that applies to a lot of situations in relationships because you can go back in your timeline, my timeline, and say, like, we've all had that that uh, person that you go back and look in or see a picture or even think about it that you like, what was I thinking? Because your mind in, in a broken state and the decisions that you make in a broken state are not the same decisions and mindset you're going to have and when you're in a healed state. So when you're healed and whole, you make healed and whole, you know, uh, decisions. And that actually starts showing in choosing different relationships, better and healthier relationships. So 
the bottom line answer to the question is I'm not I'm holding you accountable for something I wasn't willing to do within myself. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Because I've had a man, you know, have a lot of stuff from his previous relationships and I told him flat out, like I I'm not I didn't sign up for this. That's too much baggage. So when you unpack you <laughs> deal with that. Maybe we can yeah. be friends. But I kept it moving. But you have to have those real conversations and set real boundaries of when you see red flags of where you've been healed and hold from. You can easily, or that's not a word, but you are more susceptible to be able to see um, when it's happening, when those red flags are happening, when you move on to a place of wholeness. Okay, okay. Um, I, 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 I'm digging that wealth of information because you're completely correct. And I feel like the biggest issue we're running to in society today is people are not unpacking the trauma from the previous relationship before they jump into a whole new one. And I feel like that's a big issue that a lot of people have. Um, it is. So I definitely like that wealth of knowledge, like, and holding them accountable. Like, I, I feel like the fact that you're like, hey, this is where I came from. I'm not allowing you to bring me to that because you haven't unpacked where you have been. I think that needs to be had on both sides of the spectrum. Like too many times right. I think we play superhero and be like, oh, well, you know, I can relate to the trauma they're dealing with. Let me help them. And then you end up in relapse because like right. said, the person willing to help themselves is definitely going to mess you up at, in the long run. And then with that with that being said, piggybacking off of that, Stephanie, um, why do you think women tend to stay in an unhealthy relationship even when they know it's toxic? Uh, good question. I believe that it's because they also are dealing with toxic thoughts because uh, I can go back in my history personally and see what in different times of my life and different periods of my life I can go back and see, like, exactly my mindset and where I was, and guess what I attracted? I attracted people that when I was broken, I attracted other broken people. (laughs) So when I was depressed, I attracted depressed people. So I then became a fixer. I want to fix you, like you were just saying. I want to, like, I needed to be needed, you know, to fulfill that, to feel like I was helping. I always had to be the helper, but once... I became better, and I got better at dealing with my internal issues. Then it started helping more and more and more and more. So it's all about the direction and the mindset. Okay. So, okay, so if we're saying mindset, it's it's basically if their mindset is toxic as well, you're just going to continue to just do the cycle. You're just going to go from the same different, different probably different body, but same toxic, relationship and output that you received from the prior relationship, basically. Yeah, because you're searching for love in all the wrong places because you basically, when you get in that state of mind, how can you ask someone else to come love and fulfill something in yourself that you haven't done for yourself? Essentially, so if I'm a woman and I want you to come fill my gaps, and I don't even know the entirety of those gaps and what the root causes of, of my, you know, the deep-rooted issues that come up in different relationships. That means I'm looking for you to be something that you, you'll be, never be able to be. That's also a false expectation because that, that's a false reality. You, you want someone to be something that you haven't been to yourself. 
So it's always going to end up in failure. Oh, man, you walking heavy on that. So, okay, with that then, um, and for those who are tuning in, you are on She Said What? Um, we're talking about a women's view on accountability with my guest, Stephanie. Um, if you would like to call in, you can dial 515-602-9647. Press the number one. Or if you don't want to have your voice heard, you can still type in your comments or questions on the He Said What Network. Um and we will definitely relay what you're inputting that way as well. So definitely appreciating and enjoying the dialogue with Stephanie right now um, in regards to um, accountability from a woman's perspective. Um, and then, Stephanie, listen to how you're saying um, having unresolved issues. How, how would you say then, so let's say you have some issues that you need to deal with and you're working with those. Um, how does mm-hmm. it correlate those who end up dealing with a a person who they're actually whole, like their traumas has been covered, they're good to go? Um, would you actually allow them, from your perspective, knowing how you are and how you move, would you entertain their advances even if you know the holes that you have are not fixed? Or would you just outright, like, let them know at this time I'm not in an area where I can handle what you're bringing to the table? Because I know some people are quick to say, well, you know what, if he's whole or she's whole and they come to me and I'm hurting, they can feel the holes that I'm, I'm feeling. Or, or would you say, like, no, nah, I'm not, until I get myself together, that's not something I'm going to um, deal with at the time or at that moment? For me personally, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't engage. When I found out in my most recent situation, when I found out that there was more than what I wanted to sign up for, I was very clear in stating that. I was very clear in saying, hey, you know, you're a great guy, you're this, you're that, you're an awesome father, whatever I, you know what I'm saying, to give good mm-hmm. feedback. But you have to be, like I said, clear with yourself. You have to tell yourself the truth and be willing to have even a hard conversation whether the person will like it or not, you just have to do it tasteful and in a, a respectable manner that you would want somebody to do to you. So it's always a matter of setting clear expectations because if that's not done and if I don't set those boundaries and months down the road and I blow up at you for something, you're like, what happened? Now I have, I'm resentful because I kept allowing something and now I don't want to allow it anymore. So that means that that resentment and now that becomes my problem because you shouldn't be looking for something. Your happiness is not my business. You know what I'm saying? Making someone happy. If you're not happy before I meet you and you're looking for that false burden to be placed on me, then that's never going to work. I'm responsible for my happiness. <laughs> so Got you. I think when we stop putting these false burdens on people in such a way, and put the burden on ourselves to love me the way that I love other people, then you learn how to be healthy to yourself to be able to exuberate that, whether it be in a friendship, you know, with a colleague or a relationship. You'll know how to obtain healthy friendships when you become that friend. Okay, okay. I I, I like that perspective and and that mindset. I think, uh, truth be told, if a lot of us enter relationships or friendships that way. I think a lot of hurt feelings um, and bruised egos and hearts wouldn't be out there um, if we if we took that um, kind of mindset. 
Um, so in speaking with that, um, this is one thing I hear from men all the time, and I've said this myself. Do women ever sit back and say, you know what, I was wrong, or is that a struggle to admit to the opposite sex? And before you say you guys do, we always hear that you guys do, but it always seems like we're never the ones that hear it. So is it hard for women (laughs) to admit when they are wrong and to apologize? Or did we just somehow come up with this in our head? Because I'm pretty sure my my, felt, my men that are listening, they'll be like, no, we don't get no apologies. So is this something that you believe is true, that it's a struggle to apologize? Or do you just think maybe it's just case by case when it comes to women? I think it's case by case because that is uh, – you, you can't have accountability without humility. So – if you're saying something about accountability, it, it can't happen without humility. So in dealing with humility, you you have to be able to take accountability and speak up and say, hey, I'm wrong. Like, I don't mind apologizing. <laughs> I used to get teased because I'm also the type of person, if I'm going to tell something, I'm going to tell on Stephanie and I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> so I never had that. I didn't, I, I didn't struggle with that. I don't struggle with that aspect of accountability because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I want to treat you how I want to be treated. So, you know, I, I'll always want somebody to be swift to apologize if they're wrong. So if I know that I've done something, but I also ask for that too. I ask for feedback in, in whether my friendships, my relationships, business relationships, how, you know, I always try to find out what that person's communicative style was the best way to communicate with them in their language. You feel me? Um, so it literally okay. has to be a two-way street. If you really want to know somebody um, that knows themselves, they're going to be very clear and concise with how they and showing you how to treat them. Because I say to anybody, don't go in another relationship um, thinking that you can treat that person just the way that you treat everybody else because you're a man and she's a woman and thinking that because you're you have those parts, those moving parts, that you know how to treat that person. Because I was able to tell somebody, you've had marriages before, but it wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? So you still have to Mm -hmm. learn how to communicate with the person and what works and not social media relationship, but you still got to find out what works for you guys together, what's going to work for us, what's going to be best for us. Okay, okay. I like that answer. So, fellas, she said it case by case, but she gave her perspective that she actually doesn't have an issue with um, apologizing and saying that she's wrong. And, but she also made it known that you got to communicate correctly for that person to get it as well. So I got that. And with that, Stephanie, since you said you have no issue doing that, how do you deal with humility after apologizing and the person that you really love does not accept it? Like, how do you deal with that? Because sometimes it's easy for someone to say, I apologize and I made it right, but how do you handle it or how would you handle it when the person you apologize to is just, for lack of a better word, hard-headed and won't accept the apology? Because I know that can be tough as well. Um, so she's not a beggar. <laughs> uh, 
what I would do is the best way to follow up. Um, we all have jobs or run businesses or whatever. So the best way to follow up accountability is with change behavior. I don't want someone to keep apologizing to me either and nothing has changed because now your apologies aren't no longer sincere and they're no longer something I can take serious. So mm-hmm. for me, the best way to follow up with after I'm being accountable, after I'm saying, hey, you know what? I was wrong. Let me work on this, duly noted. Let me let me fix this with, within myself versus pointing the finger at, oh, well, you did this and I did this back because you did that first. No. So what, what you know, it, it got to be followed up. Got to be followed up. Okay. Okay. Uh, and do you believe, because uh, I know that sometimes we have people who struggle with apologizing. Do you think some people don't apologize because of fear of thinking it won't be accepted? Because there's some people that are horrible at apologizing, and there's some people they've either had something where they've apologized and people, like you said, either they didn't show the change behavior so they didn't accept it or they did change the behavior and it still wasn't accepted, um, that some people just find it difficult to apologize for fear of it being rejected. To be honest, my actual take on that is I think some people in their arrogance um, and not admitting their other issues some people don't like to apologize because they still haven't dealt with other childhood issues and like, well, nobody ever apologized to me and I don't get apologizing, so I ain't apologizing. So, you know, mm-hmm. some people have other deep-rooted stuff as to why they're that arrogant or so-called tough and can't apologize. Okay, that that actually makes sense. And it, it's actually funny because I'm just thinking about um, a meme I saw the other day on Instagram where um, – I guess it was a couple was in the bed, and the the post was like, ladies, how do you apologize? And it was like, well, if I rub my butt on him and he doesn't respond, he decides if he's angry or not. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not how we should be communicating <laughs> or apologizing or handling those situations because that's not going to work all the time. Right. So I like that. That's, that's very insightful. That's very insightful. Um, so going to kind of switch gears. Um, with um, talking about our accountability. Once again, viewers, thank you for being here with us on um, She Said What with my guest, Stephanie, speaking on a women's view on accountability. Remember, if you do want to call in, dial 515-602-9647 and press the number one. Um, So here's one for you to kind of change the gears with being accountable. Do you believe that we sometimes overvalue what we bring into the relationship. Because sometimes people are like, well, I bring this, I bring that. Like, I bring all of this over here. And at the end of the day, what you're saying you bring over there isn't really bringing value, especially when it comes to dealing with stuff that, like, because accountability is a big word. And sometimes people overvalue all the other fluff that they bring and then at the end of the day, their account- accountability mirror, it, accountability gauge is almost at zero. So do you think sometimes we tend to overvalue other things to cover up if we're not really accountable? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm extremely careful when, peop- when I'm approached um, by men or, or with, let's say, 
if they're materialistic and only money is important to them um, versus someone more so on an education level or whatever like that um, on the approach. So I do think um, based off the person and, and different experience, I do think that it can be overvalued. And I think that's where the effective communication comes in too because if you have poor character and a nice house and car, that character can cause you to lose all, I mean, lose all of that. So you have to be careful with who you come in agreement with, and especially in a relationship, especially in today's time and the climate that we live in right now. You have to be extremely careful who you come in agreement with. So uh, whether it be anger issues or different stuff like that, those are the conversations before people jump into marriage, before, you know, anything gets super, you know, serious. Those those kind of things need to be discussed. Okay, so since you said before being serious, that stuff needs to be discussed. When when for for you, when is it the proper? Because everyone's always like, oh well, depends on the time frame or how it's going. When for you would it be like the right time? Like, hey, I, I understand that you got this, or you're good with this, or you're good with this, but I need to know how are you this way. Um, with how you handle situations or how you do such, because everyone's always supposed to say, well, you learn about somebody as you date them, but some people are really good at keeping a roost for longer than six months. So when, for you, do you feel like it's time to be like, hey, this is what I need to unpack and see what you do or what you do not do? Um, Are you accountable? Are you a good steward with time? Or are you dependable when it comes to work or other responsibilities? Do you just let that flow? Or are you just like, hey, you know what, we've been talking for a month or so. I I need to hear these hear the, hear your answers to these situations or to these expectations. Um, for me I'm very candid up front. I'm very candid. So I will ask difficult questions. I'll add, I'll have hard conversations because um, you know, I do believe in dating with or on purpose, you know, if if you want to do that or use those terms. So I, I think it's important to have those conversations at that comfort level with that person because if I already um, have a feeling, which everybody has different ways of how they communicate the way their gut feeling or discernment is, they have different ways that they commu- communicate that. Um, so mm-hmm. I would say based off that, that couple's chemistry, their energy together, whatever, however quickly to them, because 30 days to someone could be enough to decide, okay, I would marry you and, you know, a whole year for another person. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. based off how they're moving, for me, I'm, I want to know certain stuff and I'm going to watch. I don't want a person to tell me all the hoopla and, you know, I, I posted on my page one day that, um, you had her with your words and lost her with your actions. Because mm-hmm. if you have somebody that is genuinely interested in, in growing something and, and interested in what you bring to the table and interested in your true value, it, they're going to want to know specific things as it pertains to their future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get I get that completely. I get that completely. To my male listeners, Please, please call in at 515-602-9647. Press the number one if you have any questions or dialogue that you would like to have with Stephanie. Also, my male listeners, you can type in as well 
on the He Said What Network page as well. Um, I actually really, really do like that, um, Stephanie. She's been super insightful um, with the knowledge she has in regards to accountability, um, not just for women in general, but for herself personally. Um, so with that, Stephanie, how do you feel, do you believe that the way roles are now changing, is it affecting how women are being held accountable? Because now, you know, with the way career-wise, with women being entrepreneurs and being CEOs and having their own businesses and being head of companies, um, do you feel like it's changing how women, or is it affecting how women are being held accountable? Because now it seems like a lot of people are trying to put you on an even playing, playing field with men when it comes to accountability, or do you feel still feel like majority of the accountability still hinges on the man, or do you feel like it's slowly kind of either evening out or hedging towards accountability being pushed more onto women now? I think you can see the climate change. Uh, if we're just talking in general, you can see the climate yes. change. You can see it trying to balance out. But let's say with different movements or different things that's going on, sometimes, especially with the Me Too or other stuff that's going on, depending on what group is pushing what, uh, you can see it kind of evening out. But then you are going to always see some areas of desperate. You know what I mean? Um, and mm-hmm. areas of opportunity for, you know, for improvement. So there's there's always going to be a gap somewhere with that. Okay, okay. And, and you are correct because it, it, it's just interesting. I had I was having um, a candid conversation with a close friend of mine, and he was saying how he just feels like, oh, I feel like <clears throat> women are getting away with murder and they can do this and we can, they can do that. And with us, it still stays the same. And for me personally, I was like, I don't think it stays the same because I think as climate is changing, like you said, um, I feel like sometimes it's equal, sometimes it's not, but I do feel like a lot of accountability is starting to be put on women um, in regards to even if you're just speaking in life in general or if you're just speaking in how roles are reversed or how roles are um, changing in head, head of household, for example. That, that seems to be a big argument for a lot of people when it comes to if you're in a relationship, the way head of household, head of household is going on. Um, and that's actually segueing into my next thing for you. Um, for you, is it okay to be the breadwinner um, but still respect what your significant other is contributing or his effort? Because that is becoming a big conversation um, that I've noticed as of late um, in regards to, well, she makes more money, um, how do you look at it when you make more than your significant other, or how do you balance that? Um, do you feel like it's fine? Because for me personally, I've told people I don't think it really, for me it doesn't bother me if my significant other makes money. I feel like if we're married and we're together, we're a team. Uh, but I do know everyone looks at it completely different. So what are your views on that? If you're the breadwinner, um, do you still look at um, your significant other's efforts and um work con- con- um, contribution to everything? Do you still look at it as being on the same level, um, being um, the hierarchy being you above him, or is he still need to be considered head of the household, which I feel like is a dumb argument if you're working together. But what is your take on that? Well, my take um, is one, and I actually do experience this because I've um, – 
I've had one of my companies um, for almost 20 years now. Um, so I'm not intimidated by making more money than a guy. But what I do find is that it's becoming the fact that when we have those tough conversations, then they become intimidated without me trying to make them feel intimidated. So I don't think that it's a problem based off what you guys want to work out and how, you know, those roles are. Me personally, I don't want to take away from the the kind of softness and the, the purity of the, the real role. So even though I make the money, allow me the opportunity I might be a strong, independent woman, great, but allow me to the opportunity to still just be the queen, to still just be a woman, to be the weaker vessel. Allow me that opportunity where I don't have to go out here, run my four businesses, come home, run the house, and then still, you know, be everything else that you need. So I still want that opportunity to be the softer side, if that makes okay. sense. No, I, I get it. That definitely makes sense. And we actually had someone who asked the question. Um, it's kind of in line with what we were talking about. Um, he he was asking, why do women who make more money than men feel they can talk to a man any type of way? Which, piggybacking off what you were saying, um, I feel like a lot of men feel like that has been that. Now, I haven't ran into it personally, but I've had men, um, just like our listener here, who that has been a, a concern. Um about why do women tend to, if they make more money, they talk or handle a man differently than if he had been making more money than them? I honestly don't think when they do that um, it has to do with money because I can guarantee you if she meets a guy that if that's her character and her demeanor, which I can bottom line tell you any woman that does that has other issues because you want to be respected, but you don't want to show it. And not to say that um, other stuff can't happen, but there are abusive women too. There's verbally abusive women. There's physically abusive women. So men have been paying for that for so long, but it's women that rape uh, men and, and do other kind of stuff and things like that. So I think that's a part of this conversation as well, the accountability. So it has to, it has to definitely be balanced. It, it got It has to be balanced, and you have to be willing to be honest with yourself. A lot of people wow. have you, underlying you issues. Up. Is there's there's not there's not you know it's no such thing as as being that disrespectful because it disgusts me, especially when I see it in public about how you're degrading and talking to men out in public. And if I love you, I don't want to see you embarrassed. I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want anybody looking at us like. You know, so if anything, have that conversation when you get home. Stop doing it out in public. Stop being the the typical, you know, and that's not our yeah. real culture. People say this is the culture, but no, it's not. If we go back to other um, pictures and even Black Wall Street, we were family-oriented before all this separation kept coming. So it has to be balanced. It's got to be balanced. You, you said Saying a met, you said a mouthful with that stuff. That that's very true. So speaking in, on that, because um, you were saying not being disrespectful. So for for our fellas that are listening in, what kind of advice you would tell them on how to handle? Because it's weird. Because sometimes some people like to glorify dealing with a firecracker woman, and I'm I'm not one of them guys. I'm you're not about to yell at me because I'm not going to yell at you. I don't I I don't have that temperament at all. Uh, so. 
how would you tell the fellas how to handle when they're in that situation? Because I'm not going to lie, it's hard when you're in a public space and someone is sitting there trying to either demean you or clown you and you not respond back in a negative light that can definitely light a firecracker that may ruin not just the, your day but probably your relationship as a whole. Like, how, how would you advise us as men to be able to keep uh, be respectful but keep our significant other accountable in a public space when something like that happens? I mean, I, I wouldn't even have that serious of a conversation in, in a public space um, because mm-hmm. we have to establish boundaries at home. We have to establish boundaries um, in the relationship as we're courting, as we're getting more serious. The boundaries have to be established as quickly as possible. If you notice something you don't like, that needs to be addressed as it's happening. So if the first time it's happening, the very first time it's in public, that can't be the first time it escalated um, because they were comfortable enough to do it out in public. That makes sense. Um, to so our listeners here, we're it, talking. I'm, I'm sorry, Stephanie. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I would definitely tell men. Um, bottom line to the question is make sure that you're taking time off because also, just like I would tell a woman, if you're in a relationship that is verbally abusive, physically abusive, or in something that's toxic, if you're in it, there's something in you that feels like that's still what you deserve. So, again, I'm always going to turn the light back on me. So what is it that I still haven't healed and what is it that I still haven't dealt with or unpacked that causes me in these conflicting relationships? Because it's still you're the common denominator. So when your mind changes, your behavior will change. So when your mind and your perception changes about how you feel about you, I guarantee you relationships will be better. You'll surround yourself with people that are in places that you're trying to get to go to and not around people that can't help you get to where you're going and never been where you're going or even want to go. Ooh, okay. At, at the end of the day, I keep hearing back being accountable for yourself as well. So I, I appreciate that because I, I know a lot of people feel like that's a struggle um, but at the end of the day, you need to check yourself. So I, I can definitely rock with that, um, Stephanie. Um, now, here, here's a doozy one I got for you, because um, this is also something I think a lot of people tend to, I think, make a bigger deal than it should be. When it okay. comes to sex for women, do you feel like we over-vilify women about their sexuality. And when I say over-vilify, it's a trend that whenever you hear that a woman is open and securing her sexuality, no matter how many partners she may have had, we tend to vilify them and say, oh, that's not how you should be. That's not how a woman should work. But then if you see a man doing it, we're sitting here dabbing him up, saying you're doing what to do, you're getting the notches on your belt. Do you feel like we over-vilify women when it comes to being accountable about their sexuality? Well, I think the the villain part of it is that um, we went from back in the day not talking about certain things to now everybody talking about stuff and some stuff shouldn't be talked about necessarily in public. But um, I think the vilified part needs to be why is it okay to talk about 
how sexual I am or not, why why did that become comfortable? Because everybody mm-hmm. wants everybody to know, like, why why did that become, that's my question. Why, why did that become comfortable? Why can't two people still have some privacy or private, private relationships or parts like that? Because I'm very, you know, when I am, have that in a relationship, I'm, I'm sexual with my partner, but at the same time, I'm also not, I personally don't want to be half naked all over the internet. You know, mm-hmm. I still have parts that you, you want to share that should be just for that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, well, question then with that, what, what if their job, you're probably like, yo, here you go. But what if their job <laughs> calls for them to have to be half naked on the internet? Um, do you still feel, <laughs> do you still feel like, people have a right to hold them accountable for that. Because if I get paid for that and I do that, and I've actually seen this, especially because you know how OnlyFans have blown up um, for right. people due to the pandemic. And I I have seen on my own personal accounts where, like, a guy would do something that is looked at as sexual and all the ladies would love it. They're all in on it. They love it. Then let a woman do the same thing. The the fellas may love it, but the women are sitting here blowing her out the water for Allah because she's wearing a sundress or because <laughs> she has a thong bathing suit on or she's dancing a provocative way. Like, what if it's something that you're getting paid for to do it, though? Yes, yeah, so Stephanie wouldn't be dating someone that's getting paid for that. But um, <laughs> I don't knock. <laughs> I'm not gonna knock what other people want to do. I mean, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, I, I'm not gonna do it. So I feel like I'm also not the person that's gonna go jump on somebody's page and give my opinion just because I can. I can't hold mm-hmm. them accountable for something that they're proud of. They're not trying to change. Accountability has to be with people wanting to change and do better too. So if that's whether they get paid for it or not, if it's something they like to do, if, if you know the fan, it's just something they like to do, paid or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they started the OnlyFans because people realized that they can make money off doing that stuff. So it, it then becomes, you know, what can I do for the cloud? What can I do for the likes? What can I do for more fans? And they pay me to stream. So now it becomes whatever they need to do for the followers and the dollar. So... I mean that that's that's part of the game. I wouldn't no, sign I, up for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like absolutely not. Don't I, I, no, you can't be showing my stuff all over the internet now. <laughs> I, I I could see that though, and I I agree with that. You you I I could see me and you are vibing on the same wavelength about that. I I can get that. I can get that. Um. Everyone, once again, uh, you are listening live on She Said What as we speak with Stephanie on women's views on accountability. If you have a question you would like to call in, please call 515-602-9647, press the number one. Or if you're listening and want to type in um, on our He Said What network, type in your question or comment, and we'll read it over the air for you. I have one final one for you. Um, Stephanie, and it may not be a doozy to you. It may not be a doozy to you, 
but I, it may get a chuckle out of me just because of how prevalent <laughs> this individual has become. But when it when it comes to well, I have I, after this one, I have one more. Um, do you believe Derek Jackson held himself accountable just as much <laughs> as he pushed in his videos for women? I. <laughs> I I absolutely do not. Not only do I think he wasn't accountable, that whole third-person video he did, I think that all the blasting he did to John Gray and how he publicly got out and said what he said about people on top of people. I wasn't really – I don't follow Derek Jackson, but um, the publicness of what just happened, like, no, I don't feel like he was accountable at all. I mean – just saying I'm sorry and, oh, I wrote a book about it and you went online to promote yourself. I don't, it, I didn't see remorse. I didn't see shame. I was, he was just like literally, okay, let's move on. And, and it's funny you said that because I actually, I actually thought about that. Oh, as we give her a round of applause for her take on Derek Jackson, you are absolutely correct because I did feel like it was, it was disingenuous and I did take issues with on how he handled, um, regarding to John Gray. Um, I always tell everybody, one thing my dad always told me is whatever you're willing to call somebody out about, make sure you are covered in that area uh, because if not, it's probably going to be closer than you think to exposing you. And that's Mm kind of how I look at it with Derek Jackson because we live in a society where it is so easy for us to point the finger at somebody else and dog them out and dog them out. And lo and behold, when it's your turn, to um, catch hands from people, it, it doesn't feel the same way it did as he was doing it to other people. So it Correct. was definitely a, a hot mess with the whole Derrick Jackson take. Um, I had listened to him briefly um, when he first started becoming prevalent, but it never did anything for me. I, I don't feel like you need to tear down men to build an audience. So no. for me, it, it didn't do much for me and with that, but Piggybacking off of Derek Jackson, you should already know who I'm about to talk to you about now for our final one. When it comes to being held accountable by the opposite sex, what are the right and wrong ways that are we addressing women? And should men attempt to hold women accountable the way Kevin Samuels does? Wait, what was the first part of the question? I didn't hear the first part. So when it comes to being held accountable, should the opposite? What is the right? Ah, now I got a tongue twister. What is the right? What is the wrong way to address the opposite sex in regards to being accountable? So from a for men, when we're holding women accountable or attempting to hold women accountable, what is the correct way to do that? And what have been some of the wrong ways you've seen done? when holding women accountable by men. And then I'll hit you with the last part of the the question. Approaching a conversation or a disagreement with you, 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 Mm -hmm. you, you, you versus using I statement or using I to say I feel or, you know what I'm saying, Um, anytime Mm -hmm. you approach a conversation or something that you want to get a meaningful conversation out of, you don't want to put the other person in defensive. Some people just are defensive for no reason in the first place, but 
you want to make it as diffused and in the spirit of love as possible so that it can be received in that manner. So definitely want to, it's the approach that matters. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So then with the approach then, what is your take on Kevin Samuels and his views on modern women desiring high-value men and also on the way he handles the women that call into his show? Because I feel like you can, you can hold women accountable, but the way he goes about it, I feel like it's definitely not the right way to go about it because um, being disrespectful is not a way to get your point across to me. I know, and fellas, don't crucify me. I know some of the men eat it up, but I just, I just can't take them. But what is your take on how Kevin Samuels handles um, speaking with women on how they value themselves um, towards men? Well, I think that anything that's not done in love, it, it shouldn't be done. So if, if your goal is for the following to make sure I'm going to talk to you any kind of way and do that, we all have to get back to building and holding each other at a higher esteem than, than what we do ourselves. So if you can't do that and, and in a humanistic way, then why, why would I want to actually take your advice, listen to you about anything? Because that's still mm-hmm. unhealthy and toxic communication. That that's a good fact. That's a good fact. So then, um, Stephanie, if you're let's say let's say you're talking to a guy, getting to know um, him, and you guys are filling each other out, and let's say he's like, hey, you know what? I was listening to Derrick Jackson. I'm Derrick Jackson. I was listening to Kevin Samuels, and he brought out these good points that I feel like would work for you. How, how would you receive that? Would you just receive it as like, hey, he's just trying to maybe hear some, maybe he saw something from me that he might can that that advice may help you work on, or do you feel like he's just trying to like, well, this guy's saying you need to work on this and that's about it? Because I I do know there's a lot of kickback when men try and bring up what Kevin Samuel says to their significant other, but because of the tone and the way he handled it, they're not open to it at all. So would you even be open to someone who even you're talking to that's like, hey, you might want to listen to this clip from Kevin Samuels, or are you just like, uh, you know what, just tell me what you may think I need to work on. I'm good on not having to listen to him. Well, you should you should be very uh, in, in tune with your partner's uh, learning style and communication style and love language. So if you know that I'm not a person based off how it's being done, if you know that I would rather talk to you versus that approach to saying, hey, this, you know, like a list or something, then come talk to me in the way that I would want to be approached. Don't, don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't just do it based off how I, 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 or you, 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 how you feel. Try to put yourself in my shoes and present it in a way that you would want me to present it so that we're both subjectable to each other's feelings as well as to get an understanding and not just the, oh, here, you go listen to this so I can make my point and we don't have a dialogue about it. I do want my partner's feedback. I want my partner to know that they that what they have to say matters. Okay. I like that. I like that, Stephanie. I, I appreciate the dialogue. Um, listeners, of course, this was episode three on She Said What? Before we wrap it up on talking about women's views on accountability, Stephanie, please give us um, a few minutes to tell us about any upcoming projects you have 
or where our viewers can follow you on social media, please? Well, the biggest thing that I have going on right now that is ages to be um, published and on tour come Thanksgiving, Christmas time, holiday time, is my book, uh, Being Divorced Before Marriage, Do You Want Your Promise or Another Project, in which I talk about stuff like this. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's, it's really about dealing with uh, your issues prior to entering a relationship and becoming the promise that you would like to obtain. Um, other than that, on uh, Instagram, I am Chosen Stephanie. Um, anywhere else, I'm Stephanie Chosen. So on all social media platforms, it's either Ch- Stephanie Chosen or Chosen Stephanie. And so my tour dates uh, will be posted prior to the holidays for my uh, book release. Oh, perfect. Thank you, ma'am. I'm definitely going to have to get on that because I want to be a part of that. Appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie, for being part of today's episode of She Said What. Um, I really appreciate you being on here. I hope my uh, listeners got a wealth of knowledge and information from her today. Of course, you know I'm your host, Alan Newman. You can follow me on Facebook at Alan Newman Jr., or you can follow me on Instagram at Newman underscore Jr. underscore 2.0 or Newman's Hot Takes as well. Looking forward to having you guys listen in for next week's episode. Have a really good episode that you'll be excited to see. Once again, if you do want to be able to re-listen to tonight's episode, you can go on to He Said What and click on the link on the right where you see She Said What for today's episode on women and accountability. I hope everyone has an amazing evening and an awesome week. Looking forward to seeing you guys, well, listening and talking to you guys next week on She Said What. Also, don't forget to subscribe when you log on to the He Said What Network so that you're able to um, participate in a drawing that we have at the end of each month. And also, if you have a, like I said earlier, you're a business owner and entrepreneur, you can also come on there at ads at he said what network.com so that you can inquire about being a part as well. Um, once again, thank you for being on here with us. Have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday night, guys. where you can find more of our shows on sports coverage, music showcases, and entertainment. Are you interested in giveaways? Sign up today to receive special members-only giveaways by visiting www.hesaidwhatnetwork.com now.